Hey, everybody, it's Michelle. Welcome to a new season of Ask the Brand Therapist. Just popping in to give you a quick heads up on what today's session is all about. Now, I don't know what you have planned for this new year, but I can only imagine there is something that you have put as your big goal for the new year, right? And it could be as big as writing a book or stepping into a new role or stepping into doing a side hustle or just getting out on LinkedIn and doing content. I know there's something that you have put in your mind more than likely, but guess what? It's hard to take action. We're just kind of scared and we start downing ourselves. We don't really kind of know which way to go and all the things. And I know I have felt that way many a time. In fact, this episode highlights two of the stories that I share that I have been scared out of my mind and just got confused and all the things. And I only wish I had known these four concepts that my guest today, Jen Lafine, is helping us. I mean, she is so brilliant about things that we all experience and giving us analogies that really stick with you so that you can kind of relearn and redirect that inner critic, imposter syndrome, inaction, all the things, all the fears that block us from the things that we really want on our next big thing. And the personal branding work I do, I know firsthand how it feels. And that's why I am adamant that we all need our own lane and our own roadmap. And you'll hear me talk about this in the episode. But tune in today because you're going to absolutely adore what Jen has to say. This is a quick, actionable episode. She's even giving us uh, access to her goal journaling PDF, which I've already grabbed. So join us and let me know what you think. As always, reach out to me on LinkedIn, the social media platform I hang out on. I would love to know what you thought of this episode. And if you want to put it out publicly, like I put out my big goal, reach out to me. Reach out to someone on LinkedIn, get an accountability partner, just make it known. But at the end of the day, take action. I would love to hear your thoughts on the episode. And I would absolutely love it if you could follow the show and give it a rating, a review. So I really appreciate it in advance. Let me know what you think of my announcement. I'll be talking more about it, but I'm really thrilled to put something out publicly, and I hope you do too. So let's get going with today's episode. Hey there, it's the brand therapist, Michelle B. Griffin, and welcome to your weekly personal brand therapy session. As a certified personal brand and PR strategist, speaker, and author, I'm here to empower you to put yourself out there so you can find clarity, build visibility, and grow your industry authority. I'm super excited you're here. Now let's get going with today's session. Welcome, everybody, to this week's session of Ask the Brand Therapist. I'm the brand therapist, Michelle B. Griffin, and this is a new year. Welcome to a new season. And it is so fitting today. I think we're about 10 days into the new year that this guest and this topic is first up. Because I've been waiting several months to have this guest. Welcome to the show, Jen Lafine. Well, thank you so much, Michelle, for having me. I'm so excited to be here to chat with you today. And finally get to meet you because when I first reached out to you and I've started following your content, it was all about procrastination, which we're going to talk about today. But you're really here to help us set goals and most importantly, take action, yes. get out of that comfy, warm comfort cave, as you call it, and get on it with that next big thing. You know, my work with personal branding for women, I say I help you really position yourself, own your lane for your next big thing. And that's what most of us have when we come into a new year, right? So let's get into it. Before we do, though, can you tell everybody who hasn't met you yet exactly what you do and who you do it for? 
Wonderful. Well, again, thank you for having me. I'm Jen Lafine. I am a success coach. I basically help goal setters become goal getters. And I do that by helping people navigate the discomfort that comes when they set big goals, because discomfort is always a part of our journey of growth. And unfortunately, so many people have taken that discomfort to mean that they're doing something wrong and that they should stop. And so I'm there to help them navigate that journey and get to the finish line. It's very, very rewarding work. I absolutely love it. I love that too, because it's very kind of parallel to what we do. We were talking in the green room before we went live. We both talked about how we have our roadmaps to get people, our clients to where they want to be. So this is a big thing for me. My backstory, when I wanted to leave my job, I'd hit my growth zone and fulfill my dream that I had in my 20s, which back then was to have my own PR agency. Back in the day, I discovered the power of digital. And then I realized at that point in time, I could really have a digital practice and branding. But guess what? Instead of taking action and doing all the right things, I stayed stuck in a professional hamster wheel consuming content and courses and credentials and just floundered. And I felt like every day was Groundhog Day. I don't want anyone to do that. So there's probably people who have big goals and big dreams. And even if it's not even big, right, it's just something you want to do. Where do we start? That is so critical. Well, first of all, I want to just mention, like, I'm so glad you shared that story and that experience that you had when you were just starting out and how you stayed stuck in consumption mode. Because Mm -hmm. I think it's important that people hear these kinds of stories to understand that they're not the only ones. They're not the only ones who do that because a lot of times we don't, well, we don't know what's going on with other people. We think that it's just us and that there's something wrong with us that we can't move forward. So thank you for sharing that. It is a natural, biological part of our growth. And one of the things that I talk about in my content and with my clients is this concept of the primal brain, which is that part of our brain, that really, really old ancient part of our brain that does not want to see us grow. It loves familiarity. It craves comfort and it will do anything that it can to keep us in our state of comfort. And I refer to this as the comfort cave. I mean, it's if you've heard of comfort zone, kind of the same thing, but it kind of brings it all together with the whole primal brain. Anytime you are trying to grow, the primal brain starts getting really nervous because remember, it doesn't want to see you grow. It has three purposes, keep you safe, keep you alive, and keep you lazy. (laughs) And it does that by controlling thoughts and emotions that when you do try to step outside and grow, it'll send you things like doubt. It'll send you things like perfectionism confusion, comparison. It will send you all these roadblocks to try to get you to stay in your comfort cave. Okay. But once you learn that this is all made up and that there really is no danger in you leaving your comfort cave, you can learn how to override that discomfort and those roadblocks to be able to start your journey towards success. Love that. I absolutely love the comfort cave. I always said, like everyone else, the comfort zone to your growth zone, which I have a whole signature talk on the PYOT, a framework, the PYOT zone, the put yourself out there zone. This is also interrelated. And also, you know, when Michelle J. Raymond and I wrote the LinkedIn branding book, we did a LinkedIn confidence survey. And then I think in our first chapter, we have identified almost 30 fears that people feel. And 
they're all made up. And I love that you said, I always say we can't control it, but we can contain it. But you're kind of putting a wrench in this and saying, you may be able to do this. So please tell us more, Jen. This is fascinating because I know there's people on the sideline. Maybe they have stories like me or something. We all have our individual stories, but we all, I'm sure at some point in life, want bigger things, but our inner self holds us back. So what's the next step? Well, I think it's important that we remember that one of our greatest powers is our power to choose and to make choices for ourselves. Okay, so when you do come up, bump up against discomfort because you're doing something new, because you're growing and you're leaving your comfort cave, when you bump up against that, you have a choice to make. You can choose to retreat and go back into your comfort cave, or you can choose to ride the discomfort out and keep moving forward. And there was some research done on this topic. And unfortunately, I cannot remember the name of the researcher. She was a brain researcher. And she said that the discomfort that you feel when you are doing something hard lasts about 90 seconds. Mm. And if you can ride through those 90 seconds, you can get to the other side and see that it, there really was no big deal with you you know, trying something hard, put, you know, whatever it is that you're trying to do that's causing you that discomfort. That 90 seconds is a lot of the time when people turn right around and go backwards and they stop. They come this close to the, to the make it through line. You know, I think that's true. And I also know for me, it just self-perpetuated. Another story that I talk about in the LinkedIn branding book, when I finally got out, that's a story for another day, created my roadmap, which I now teach and help others get through theirs. I landed and then I realized, hey, the next big thing I want to do, I realized I need to be out on LinkedIn. But then I stayed on the sidelines in my comfort cave for nine months. Nine months, right? Mm -hmm. Crazy. And the more you think about it, the more it just, you get deeper into it. So it's almost like, had I known there was only 90 seconds of discomfort, I probably could have done it. In fact, when I first, when I wrote that first post, December 31st, I I, I went, oh my gosh, that was nothing. Why did I procrastinate? I mean, it wasn't nothing, but it was much more, it wasn't bad. I didn't die. And no one's like saying you're an idiot or whatever, laughing at you. We all think at our own little primal brains. But always, as you know, I think Anthony Robbins said this, Tony Robbins said this some at some point, and I say in the book, you know, the pain of staying stuck is far worse than oh, the, um, getting out there. So, but, okay, so 90 minutes, 90 seconds, not so bad at all. So I want to just, just comment on that, the that Tony Robbins quote. The thing is, though, that when we go back to our comfort cave, even though we are uncomfortable there because we know we don't want to stay there. We know we want to grow, but we can't make ourselves leave. Okay. Just being stuck there because it's familiar to us is comfort. So yeah, it's comfort that feels really yucky, but it's still, according to the primal brain, is comfort. The other thing too that I want to mention is like you had said so many people, I hear this from a lot of people that I work with who are working also on building their their presence on LinkedIn as part of their own personal and professional goals, they're always afraid to make that first post. And they think it's just near impossible. And like people who are posting regularly must have magical powers or something. Mm-hmm. That is not true. Everybody struggles with their very first post. It's, mm-hmm. it's just, again, it's biological. The thing is, once you do it, you realize 
It's not a big thing. And then you assume the identity of someone who posts regularly because now you can say, I'm someone who posts regularly on LinkedIn. And it's not as big of a deal every time. But again, it's just like getting over that hump and pressing publish or send or whatever it is that is holding you back. You just have to push yourself over so that you can become the kind of person who does that kind of thing. Absolutely. I always say in that talk I have, the power and the payoff of putting yourself out there. So you get more, the action you take, small as it is, it brings you one step closer. You get more clarity and confidence and then just commitment. And the one thing I will do, I will bring up is that you can't just, or you shouldn't, because I've seen this firsthand with myself, you can get out there and, you know, do it. And then you're like, oh, and you get lazy or go back. And then it's harder to get it back out there the second time. I have this concept I teach called your self-trust bank. And if you imagine like a piggy bank, not a real one, but an imaginary one, okay? And anytime that you do something that you say you're going to do, so whether it's publishing a post or sending in, in you know, a difficult email, having a conversation, whatever it is, anytime you do show up and do what you say you're going to do, you're making a deposit in your self-trust bank. The harder those things are, the bigger the deposit is, okay? so. You want to get a nice, big, fat self-trust bank because when it comes time to do really big, really hard things, you want to have a nice, big self-trust bank. Now, the problem comes, however, if you say you're going to do something and then you don't do it, you're emptying your self-trust bank Mm -hmm. and you need to start all over again. Mm -hmm. So we want to build up those nice, big, Like I'm someone who does what they say they're going to do, have that nice, big, fat self-trust bank so that when it comes time to do that hard thing, you've got a whole bunch of confidence that you can pull from because you can say, look at all of these things I said I was going to do and I did. This is going to be just like those things. It's not going to be a problem. Consider it done. I love that analogy. You want to be rich in self-trust versus being broke. (laughs) Being broke is just going back to where you started. So I know one of the other things we talked about is that people might get out there and maybe it doesn't work as much as they thought. And you're here to tell us that it's data. So can you give us more information about that part of this whole comfort cave getting out there zone? I love to say that mistakes are data because so we've been raised and ingrained with the thought that making mistakes is bad, failing is bad. We attach a lot of extra stuff to these mistakes and failures that doesn't need to be there. So when I try something and let's say I don't get the result I wanted, I could look at it as a mistake. I could look at it as a failure. I choose to look at it as data. Here is one thing that I tried that didn't work. I don't need to attach any kind of shame to it or guilt or blame or you know, use that as an excuse to stop moving forward, which is one of the reasons that I believe like there's almost nothing you can't do if you're willing to go for it and just keep adjusting your journey for every time that you find a way that didn't work, try something else until you find something that does. Because as long as you keep trying, you Mm -hmm. absolutely will find something. I love that you call it data, and I called it testing in the last few months. I'm like, Michelle, whatever you did, or if you have to redo this, you're just testing things. And that makes me feel inside my self-trust bank. 
Michelle, you're not failing. You didn't do it wrong. You're just testing. And that's what scientists and creators do. If you want to get something, we all know Einstein supposedly took 10,000 tries to make the light bulb. Who knows at this point in time if that's, you know, true or not, but I'm sure it was a lot of iterations. No one nails it on the first time. I mean, the true greatness comes from getting out there, flexing muscles, building reps. So we're just testing. That's another comforting statement that we can give ourselves as we step out of that cave. You know, we're arming ourselves with armor, so to speak, with these facts. The 90 seconds, it's just data, it's just testing. And we're building self-trust, bank. So these are wonderful analogies, Jen. This is just really getting me excited because I'll share in in the end of this show what my big goal is. And you can maybe give me some pointers to get going on that. You were going to tell us, I believe, that what was the next step? We had three things we were going to talk about. I know the number two was data. Refresh my memory of what number three was. Number three would be that, and I kind of talked about it at the beginning, every human being experiences self-doubt and certain robot blocks that keep us stuck. Because again, it comes from our primal brain. It comes from its desire to protect us and keep us safe, alive, and lazy. So, you know, going back to what you were just talking about kind of made me think we can spend a lot of our own time comparing ourselves to others, but we don't know what their story is, right? We're just seeing the finished product, the polished, the successes. We don't know all the work that went into it up until this point. So it's really important that you don't make the mistake of thinking that you're doing something wrong because your journey looks different from somebody else's. And everybody experiences all of these things. We all experience, like I said, imposter syndrome, confusion, comparison. Perfectionism is another one of the roadblocks Mm -hmm. that the primal brain loves to use. If I can't do it perfectly, people are going to think I look bad, but I'm that I'm not whatever. Those are all roadblocks from the primal brain to keep you from moving forward out of the comfort cave. I know those so well, those P words. Permission. You needing permission from some unknown source that never comes. Procrastination and perfectionism is like the three Ps. I want to say, I want to go back to comparisonitis because that's a big one. That struck me. I'm going to tell another story here. A couple of weeks ago, I saw a post that just shouted out someone else who was sort of in my field, but not really. And for some stupid reason, I just like took it all in and then got like really jealous. Like, what? It was the weirdest thing because my whole brand is about empowering people. And then it's like some force just hit me with this comparisonitis and I, and I crumbled inside and I got all crazy. And the next day I woke up and like, well, that was stupid. That's why you do what you do, Michelle. You are not succumbing to your own philosophy because One of the things I'll tell you now, what I want to do for this year is write my book called Own Your Lane. And when you know that you're completely clear and defined and positioned for the way you and only you can do it, 100% makes you feel like, okay, well, I'm not going to look off on the side of the road too much. Or if I do, I'm going to just get right back on track because that's their lane. They're owning their lane and succeeding. I'm not that. And so that's one of the things that I really want to stress And why the work I do is because when you are positioned the way you should be, you feel really good inside and then you feel good for others. You don't feel like envy. That's another one. Comparisonitis. So that's what I'm really here about. And I love that you brought up comparisonitis because it's a big one. Well, and I think, too, like going with that example you just gave of seeing someone else getting a shout out right away, I think that. That could possibly be your primal brain knowing 
that you are the kind of person that is on equal playing field with that person, but it wants to kind of knock you down so that you are like, oh, I'm a complete failure. I'm just going to quit. Stay in my comfort cave. There is no rationality to the primal brain at all. I tell my clients that when your doubt and your comparisonitis and your perfectionism and all of that stuff, when it gets the loudest is when you are about ready to level up because it's like the primal brain is like, oh my gosh, this is it. Like there's big changes coming and I get really nervous about changes. So I'm going to throw everything I've got at her and see if I can get her to stop moving forward because we don't know that we can override that doubt, continue with our journey. I love the word override because I have posted about, you know, we all have it. I don't know that you you could kind of control it. Contain it is the word I use. But I love that you're stepping up with the word override. Yeah. This entire episode we're talking about is really just helping us override that. Now, I know you had a bonus thing you wanted to teach us about today. So one of the concepts I love to teach is doubting your doubt. And I had this experience and I talked about this on my podcast where I uh, was designing a brand new offer, but I did it as almost like a science experiment. And I had two pads of paper next to me. And one of them, I was writing my my plans for my new offer down. And on the other pad of paper, anytime I heard my doubt send me a message, I wrote down what it was, okay? And it was it was things like, no one is gonna be interested in this. Who are you to be offering something like this? This is never gonna work. All of those things that your doubt tells you, if you listen for them, you can learn to pick them out and then you can examine them. Is this true? Is it helpful? So the first example was, this isn't going to work. Do I know if this is going to work? No, I don't. But I can guarantee that if I don't move forward with the offer, it's not going to work. Is that statement helpful to me? No, not at all, because I'm growing my business. You have to become almost like an observer of your thoughts. And a lot of times we may not catch the thought exactly, but we can recognize the feeling in our body. It's almost like maybe sometimes it's a heaviness or an uncertainty or like a dread. When you notice that, start tuning into what your body is telling you and be like, what is going on here? And then ask yourself those two questions. Is this true? And is it helpful? And if it's not, doubt your doubt. Let it exist as it is. Just say, thank you for your concern and keep moving on. Yeah. So we really have to be self-aware. And that was what I spent a lot of time this past year doing. I like to say you either feel friction or flow. And flow is when I find we're really doing the stuff that lights us up and helping us. And it's just kind of like back on our path, you know? So this is so good. Doubt your doubts. We almost have to be quiet a little bit and kind of go inward because you don't hear those doubts or recognize them when you're going a mile a minute. You don't have to necessarily get quiet and do that. But when you're planning something big, I think that might be a a wise to get some clarity and quiet. And I think too, like we've we've been taught that Every thought we think is the truth because Mm -hmm. it came from our own mind, right? Sometimes those things are not true at all. We were never taught that we can question those things. And so we spent however many years we've been alive believing every thought that comes from our head because it comes from my own mind. It must be my truth. Learning how to be an observer of your thoughts and where, where is this coming from? What's it? Is it trying to protect me from something is another question. Do I want to accept this as my truth? And if not, change it. You have that power to do that. Just because you believe something your whole entire life 
doesn't mean that you can't believe something new. Beliefs are make us or break us. We've had a complete session on retraining our brain to get out there and do that big thing, that big thing you're here for. I always like to have one actionable tip or takeaway from my expert guests on the topic we're talking about. So what would that be, Jen? What would the first thing people need to do, think, or take action on to get that big goal moving forward? One of the things that I practice daily is goal journaling. And it is a way that it's a super fast process. I sit down, I have a process that I follow, and it includes powerful thoughts because I decide ahead of time how I'm going to feel about something and what I'm going to think about my goals for the day. Because if I don't decide ahead of time, my doubt might try to decide for me. The very quick process that I go through where I list out my goals every day, I list out the feelings I want to feel about them, the thoughts I want to have about them, and I choose one action step that I can take that day toward my goal. And the thing about doing this process daily is then you always have it top of mind and you know exactly what you need to do that day. So I would like to offer to your listeners my goal journaling PDF that they can download and just kind of follow through my process. People are like, you really do this every day? Yes, I do, because I am serious about my goals and I am serious about making sure that I am the one choosing how I'm showing up for them and not anybody or anything else. Thank you. Yeah, we want to help everyone here. I know you do. And especially as we start the new year from a goal setter to a goal getter and beyond. We'll link to that in the show notes. And if people want to find out and follow you, which I highly recommend, you have such tremendous content on LinkedIn. What's the best place? Well, my website is www.jenlafine.com. And we were kind of joking about this before we started. My last name is spelled L-A-F-F-I-N, even though it's pronounced Lafine. Also, I'm very active on LinkedIn. That's where I pretty much live and spend my time. I share a ton of content there, so you can reach out to me there as well. Also, if somebody is interested in getting support, I am the founder of the Goal Getter Club, which is my small group that offers lots of accountability lots of support and inspiration and a really great community. And we would love to welcome anybody into that as well. And let's not forget your amazing podcast. Oh, yes. And my podcast. Thank you. for the This has been tremendous, Jen. You've helped me because like my big goal for this year is to write my solo book. I had sort of announced it a little bit sheepishly last year and I realized I was doing too much. I had to kind of go back and reset. And I made a big goal movement last yesterday with something. And to put plans in place with someone. We're doing an accountability book partnership and we're both writing our first solo books together. I'm really excited because I need a deadline, a date, and that's another thing. You got to put it out there publicly, whatever it takes. So I'm kind of saying this publicly here to make it it happen. I'll keep everyone posted. But until next week, everybody, you know what I'm going to say. Keep putting yourself out there. You have a brand to build, a message to share, and people to impact. I'll catch you next week. Take care. That's a wrap for today's brand therapy session. Are you ready to get visible and build your personal brand? Then head on over to thebrandtherapist.io and grab my free resources to get unstuck and get going today. And until next time, thanks for listening.